We do begin this meeting by reading a So now we want to invite up Marion. We're very interested to hear what she has to say on the subject of sponsorship. Wait, could I have sat farther away? <laughs> Hi, I'm an alcoholic. My name is Marion. And um, um, thank you for asking me to speak. I am. I don't even think I really am all that great or knowledgeable about being a sponsor. I am a sponsor to a lot of people, but I don't know. I'll give it with my best shot. Um, um, plus the fact I did bring notes. Um, it's, it's one thing to share my story. I can blather on forever, but, uh, but not if you give me a topic. So uh, I do have some notes. Um, I'll start just telling you my sobriety date is July um, 14th, 1997. I have a sponsor. She has a sponsor. Actually, her sponsor is here. <laughs> and I have sponsees, and they have sponsees. So, uh, um, you know, whenever I think that or, or say that, um, I'm really filled with gratitude. It's incredible how, how, how this works, just sharing our story with somebody else and then in turn passing it on. So that's the beauty of sponsorship. And um, when I first came in uh, to the program, I did not come in because I had to. I wasn't court ordered. Nobody dragged me here. I just was desperately desperate. Um, I couldn't have felt more alone, more afraid, and more um, self-loathing than I did when I came in here. And what happened is I admitted to a good friend, another nurse, that I drank too much. I drank every day. I got drunk every day, and I didn't know how to stop. I just couldn't stop that roller coaster. And she asked me if I'd like to go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And I, honestly, I thought, well, I don't think I need an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Um, maybe a therapist or something. I don't know. But I, I wasn't really sure. But, you know, I asked her in desperation, and so I came. And um, I fell in love with this program. I fell in love with Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I didn't get sober that night. I went to the meeting and I thought, um, I guess I, I don't know. I, I remember saying, well, this is really good and I, I, I find a lot of hope here. I feel like this is going to be the answer for me. Um, I mean, I really felt it at that meeting. I was shocked. Um, but I also felt that pool that we had a, um, a dinner thing that night and uh, with a bunch of fellow sailors and I wasn't equipped. I didn't know how I was going to go to an event like that and not drink because that's what I always did. I just didn't, I didn't have enough information and I didn't have enough background in the program. And so I went that night and got drunk. Um, and the following night I got drunk. And that's when I realized the next day. Um, and I remember, you know, breaking down and asking God for help. It was a foxhole prayer. I'll do whatever you tell me to do if you just get me sober. But I don't want to die like my dad did. Uh, I don't want to be an alcoholic like he was. And I was pretty convinced at that point that I'm an alcoholic and I need to be here. So um, so I came back and I haven't had a drink since that day. Uh, and I, my first few years were a little bit marred um, <clears throat> by a couple things. My husband was not happy that I was in here. He was angry about it. Uh, I found AA to be like an oasis. I couldn't wait to get to a meeting. I mean, I could not wait to grab my purse after supper and get to a meeting. Because we were evening drinkers. We started before supper and didn't quit. Um, and, and so I couldn't wait. Um, and he would raise a glass to me and uh, be angry. And when I got back, he was always drunk. And uh, that's how the first two-thirds of the first year went for me. 
and it just made my resolve stronger. I just felt like I had to do it for me. I had to be here for me. Um, he got to really sick. Um, he ended up with a terminal diagnosis, another cancer diagnosis, and um, we quit fighting each other and, and worked hard on whatever time we had left, which is a gift. You taught me that. I got that from here. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that. So I know nobody asked me to sponsor them during those first three years because, you know, I don't think I had anything to give. Um, and then um, I just kind of disappeared for a while. I, I kept going to meetings, but then I met somebody and uh, remarried and started a new job and all that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, things were so good that I just let AA slide. And I didn't uh, come back. It was probably three, maybe four years. I don't really remember. What I do remember is desperately that last year getting squirrely and starting to have those same thoughts. Geez, I've gone this long, seven or eight years, whatever. I, I can go without a drink. I've proven I can go without a drink. And I started thinking, yeah, maybe a glass of wine would be okay. So um, I'm really grateful that my husband reined that in and um, basically before I was on the brink of disaster said to me, um, you need to call your sponsor and you need to go to meetings. And, and this is somebody who isn't even in the program. So that's what I did and I got back in full swing. and. Uh, I think when I came back, I really got involved. And then um, uh, other women did ask me to sponsor them. And I think um, for me, I because I, my early years weren't maybe the same as what I would have liked them to be, I don't think I had enough background to be sponsoring people. That's just my own thought. Um, I think, too, that I thought, wow, this is a super job for superwoman, and I'm going to save this person. And so I attacked it with, uh, you know, gusto. Uh, and, and I can honestly say I think I scared my first few women away. Um, I, I, I can remember I brought, like, lists and charts and homework assignments. And, gee, I can't figure out for the life of me why that scared people away. Oh, it's your phone. Yeah. I was hoping it wasn't my heart. <laughs> I mean, I'm nervous, but not. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, and I, I'm going to go back a little bit to my first sponsor. Um, I heard right off the bat, don't pick up a drink, go to meetings, and get a sponsor. If nothing else screamed at me when I came to meetings, it was don't pick up a drink, go to meetings, and get a sponsor. So I asked somebody to be my sponsor in my second week. I probably had only been to six meetings, maybe seven or whatever, and uh, asked a young lady to sponsor me. And she was wonderful. She was really good. We got into it. Uh, I met with her every week. We went through the big book, just just the way I, I do with my people today. Um, but I think we only got as far as going through step five. And then what, what happened with her is uh, some personal things, but also somebody in the fellowship betrayed her, uh, betrayed her confidence or her anonymity. And, um, and she left. She just didn't want to have anything to do with the program anymore. Um, it's amazing that I immediately turned around and got another sponsor. You know, that could have been pretty discouraging, and I don't know why it wasn't, but... Um, so then the next week I asked Kathy, Kathy S., to be my sponsor, and she's been my sponsor ever since. So um, I, I reflect back on that every now and then and think about how important that is not to betray a confidence when you have a sponsee. Um, so I asked Kathy to be my sponsor. And Kathy was pretty, at that time, anybody who knows Kathy S., <laughs> 
Um, there's nothing shy about her. She was very involved in the program. Uh, she was adamant that there are certain things you do and certain things you don't do. So her feeling was you get to a meeting early. Um, you listen. Now, we didn't have cell phones then, but if we had, she probably would have smacked it out of my hand. Um, no talking, no, you know, none of that stuff. You go, you listen, you put something in that basket, and if you have nothing, then double it the next week. But she was very adamant about that. At the end of the meeting, she was adamant about help clean up, do whatever you need to do, and stay and chat with people. Um, and at the time, that was painful for me. It was very painful. For, it still is sometimes today. The shy person in me just wants to go. Because I don't know, is anybody going to talk to me? Am I going to know what to say? And You know, I mean, that stupid stuff. But she was adamant about those things. And because of that, she brought me out of my shell and forced me to get to know people and forced me to learn about AA. Uh, she volunteered me a lot. <laughs> so I was a secretary. I think I was only three or four months sober, and I was secretary in a meeting. Uh, and a year or so later, I was a treasurer, and she just pushed me to do things. We worked the steps. Not the same way my first sponsor did. And I don't have a lot of memories about those specific steps, except I know I remember meeting at her house, tripping over her dogs uh, and puppies and, and uh, working those steps. She was a good sponsor, and she still is a good sponsor. Um, early in my sobriety, I know I complained a lot. I, I, I whined. and. Um, Kathy was really kind of funny about that, and she still is today, although not as much. Um, but she would say, she would always say to me if I started to do the whining thing, you know, well, how about if you pray about that? And, and it irritated me. I thought, that's code for you're bugging me and I'm not your therapist. I, I, that was what I thought. And it kind of is code for you're bugging me and I'm not your therapist. But um, until one time I went to Wegmans and uh, somebody else in the program who has since died, but she was a wonderful person at that time and she really helped me a lot. She said, let's stop at Wegmans, get something fun to drink when we go to this meeting. And I thought, fun to drink? If, it, if it's not alcohol, then it's not fun. And I, I, that concept of get something fun, she said, let's get some like lemonade or something. Really? And, and so, you know, we're walking through Wegmans and I'm like, nah, 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 and I, I must have just got on a roll. And she finally turned to me and she said, are you done? Because I'm done listening to you. <laughs> so that's two people that, you know, shut me down with the whining. I look back on that now and I'm really grateful because whining really is just wasting. It's wasting my time. I'm spinning my wheels and I'm not accomplishing anything and I'm wearing somebody else out. So um, I'm, I'm glad people were kind of harsh about that. Um, anyway, okay. Plus, you know, uh, I just think she wasn't going to participate in any drama thing that I had and you know today I don't really want to participate in anyone's drama so you know she was very clever about that. Um, Oh, I already did that. So, I do have a number of sponsees today, and like I said, I've kind of changed my approach. Um, I've grown in the fellowship. I've learned things. I've learned things not to do. I've learned some things that are better to do. I've also learned to read people a little bit better. You know, not everybody can be sponsored the same way. And I thought it was kind of a cookie cutter approach. This is what you do. You have this list, and this is how you do it. And I, I don't feel that way today. Um, I'm very much a big book sponsor, uh, and I try to keep it simple. So when somebody asks me to sponsor them, or I have tapped a few shoulders recently, 
Uh, I've had people say, well, I don't know this whole thing about being a sponsor or getting a sponsor. And I have said, I'll sponsor you. You know, I'm happy to sponsor you. I, I don't think you have to, um, it's not like some magical thing is over somebody. I'll sponsor you. You know what, I'll sponsor you, and if it's not working out, no hard feelings. You find somebody that's going to work better. At least, I'm trying to do what I was taught. Get, get a sponsor and get one fast. Because it's not enough to just stop drinking and go into meetings. So, um, I will approach people too and, and tell them I'll sponsor them. Either way, um, I just, I, I always like to talk to somebody when we're doing that. If it's during a meeting or after, stay for a few minutes. What, what do you want to achieve? Because I want to know that. It sounds stupid. Of course you want to get sober. Um, but I didn't want to get sober. You know, I came here just wanting to get out of trouble. Uh, I came here thinking you guys would teach me how to drink better without getting in trouble. That, that was my goal. So I, I always want to know, what's your goal? Why are you here? And almost always they say, I need to stop drinking. I just don't know how. And that's great, because that's the whole point of getting a sponsor. Um, so uh, I, I, and I, and I explain too, my role in sponsoring you is really to take you through the steps. Be your guide, be your mentor, be someone you can ask questions, go to a meeting with, but that is strictly my role. My role is just to take you through the steps and then launch you. <laughs> um, because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't go into a sponsorship thinking we're going to be tied at the hip forever. You know, that's my goal. Um, so I do have some guidelines that I've developed over the years. And like I said, these are just mine. You know, you might be listening to me thinking, oh my, whoa. You might be listening thinking, um, well, you know, I, I wouldn't do it that way or that's not the way I sponsor people. And that, that's okay. This works for me. Um, when I take a new person in and we sit down and we talk and we exchange some information, you know, how did you drink and what makes you think you're an alcoholic and blah, blah, you know, get those little things out of the way. Um, and then I say, okay, here's my role take you through the steps. So here's some things I want you to know. Confidentiality is number one with me. I don't talk about you to somebody else. I may run a situation past my sponsor without mentioning your name, but I'm not going to talk to you about you to my husband, to my best friend, to anybody. What you tell me is confidential. Um, you know, I just learned that from my first sponsor and what happened to her. So I don't, I think that is, for me that's like really important. The other thing I found that works for me is only working with one person at a time. I just, I don't have the energy. Uh, I give a lot to people in that first year. I mean, I give a lot. And I, I can't, I just can't do more than one person at a time. It doesn't work for me. So when somebody's completed their 12 steps and I feel that they're okay and, and then somebody asks me, I, I would be fine with that. But um, I'm not that popular, believe me, it's never happened. But I, I <laughs> You know, I think I just, it's just a rule in my head <laughs> that I don't think I could do it and, and be fair to that person, so. Um, and I want it understood with my sponsee, with my new sponsee too. You can back out. If it's not working at any time, we're not getting married here. You can get somebody else. You're, you're probably going to hurt my feelings, but it, it's not, your sobriety is at stake. And if it's not working for you, then you should find somebody else. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I do want people to know it's a time commitment. I expect if I'm going to sponsor somebody that they're going to put the work in. And that means that we're going to get together every week. We're going to talk on the phone. I used to say to people, I want you to call me every day. And I can probably tell you two out of all the sponsees I've had over the years have actually done that. 
Um, and so I feel like I jinx it if I say, I want you to call me every day. You have to call me every day. And then they don't, and then they've already broken rule number one. So uh, that's just me. I just don't make it, I don't get real hard about that. I do tell them, if you don't call me, Every day or every other day, I'm going to worry about you. And you've asked me to sponsor you, so you know I'm just going to put that guilt trip on you that I need to hear from you. Um, so that's how I handle that. Um, I think if somebody's done well, they've worked the steps, they've been sober for several months, they can back off. They don't have to necessarily call me, you know, every day or every other day. Um, but I don't like I don't like a week going by. It's just not right. Shouldn't be. Um, I think it's important to emphasize too, and again, this is just strictly me. I'm an alcoholic. I understand alcohol. I understand drinking. I have no experience with other addictions. I don't care if, if somebody uh, wants me to sponsor them and they're an addict as well, uh, whatever, and, and they're also an alcoholic. That doesn't bother me, but I can't address other issues because I don't have any experience with them. I just don't. I just, you know, um, and it's not a judgment thing. It's just I can't share what I don't know. So, so I keep, I keep the theme to the big book and, and alcohol. Um, I expect my sponsees to attend meetings. It would be kind of stupid to be doing this and not go to meetings for me. Either Zooming or getting to meetings, I personally think you need to get to meetings and network. I think you, get to, you have to get to know people. Um, I was just saying to Marianne, I need to get back in, into circulation. I've been stuck in the same meetings in the mornings for a long time now because it's convenient for me. Plus, I don't really like driving at night anymore. I'm kind of getting crappy eyes. and so. But that's no excuse. You know, a lot of these meetings are early. A lot of these meetings are close enough to me. And uh, it occurred to me Monday night when I led, I need, I need to get back here. I need to get back with you guys instead of the same circle. So, so yeah, see, even yeah, I can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> um, I, I do recommend meetings. When I was a lot younger, I would go with my sponsees everywhere. I would take them to meetings. Um, I don't do that as much anymore. Um, again, I, th I got a lot from going to Harbor Creek and Northeast and all over road trips. I got a lot out of that, but I was younger. And that, again, is why I tell my sponsees, get out to other meetings. Get to know different people. You can't just learn everything from me. I'm going to sponsor you, but you're going to learn a lot from other people. Um, I learned that as, as a nurse. It's called networking. Um, we learn from each other, and so I expect my sponsees to do that now, and I'm, I'm not as likely to drive all over um, like I used to. It's just me again, so... Um, one of the big things I expect is honesty. Uh, I can tell you, I'm one of the best liars. I came in here lying like, like the best of them. And I'm not expecting people to instantly be honest. But come on, just between you and me, I ask my sponsees, just be honest with me. You know, these habits will slowly, things will get better and you'll develop better habits and you'll drop the lying and that kind of stuff. That's the goal of being here, of course, other than and along with not drinking. Um, but I, I really think if you can't be honest with me, then it's probably not a real good relationship. Again, just my feeling. Um, I also think deep down inside, if you're not willing to be honest with your sponsor, you're probably not really going to be putting a lot into this recovery thing. So, 
sobriety. Um, hey, I understand we're alcoholics. I don't care if you're in and out, in and out, in and out, as long as you tell me. Be honest with me. Tell me. Tell me what went wrong. What do we need to work on? That's okay. I would never let somebody, I hate that word fire, I would never let somebody go because they went back out. Uh, I would let somebody go probably if they kept doing it and didn't tell me. <laughs> I mean, again, w w what are we doing here? Um, I ask for diligence, and, and this uh, a wise person in the program taught me. When I came back, I realized I needed to work my steps again, and, and I felt maybe it would be good if I worked them with a different person. And so we did it a totally different way. Um, and the first thing she said to me, if you give me 100%, I'll give you 100%. You give me 10%, I'm going to give you 10%. And that's the way it is. And I thought, no BSing her. <laughs> um, but you know what? That made me show up on time. That made me watch the clock. She said we do an hour and a half and we're done. That made me do the work she told me to do. Because I thought if I don't do this work, I'm giving her 20%. She's going to give me 20%. And where are we with that? So that's what I tell my sponsees. You have to work. You have to work with me. And, and, and otherwise, you know, if you're going to slack, I'll probably slack too. Um, I am pretty much just a big book person. It's what I like. I, I told you I came at those early pre people with uh, charts and homework and, you know, columns and uh, scared the heck out of them, I think. Or, you know, maybe that wasn't it, but I think it kind of was. So I've just gone back to the big book. If it's not in the big book, I don't, it's, I don't do it. I don't do papers with all those columns. And I'm not knocking them. If that works for you and it works for your sponsee, great. It just didn't work for me. I just pick up the book. We start with the minute there's black on the paper, on the white paper, that's where we start. Some people don't read well, um, and you find that out pretty quickly. Some people hate being read to. Uh, some people would prefer to do the chapter, and then we get together and we break it down. Uh, the person I'm working with right now, that's worked really well. She reads a chapter, I read the chapter, we get together and we break it down page by page. What did you find? What did you think? What did you agree with? Disagree? You know, that kind of thing. Um, I've had other people that are poor readers, and they would just as soon we read together. Um, I, I'm not real crazy about listening to somebody read. I'm, I'm not the best listener. <laughs> uh, but... Um, and if it's somebody that doesn't read really well, then I'd rather go slower and take a page or two at a time. We read it. We talk about it. You know, I'll do whatever. You know, I'll meet somebody where they're at as far as their learning goes. So, But I am strictly big book. Um, I tell them to bring a notebook, a pen, and a highlighter because I think that first book, you should be writing all over it. Highlight stuff, write in the margins. You can get another one. If you want a pristine copy, just get another one. Buy two and then use one as a workbook. Um, but I really believe in doing that. And I have one, actually the one I have right now is so written over and highlighted that I, I probably should get a new one, but I'm a little funny about it. It's kind of <laughs> special. Because it shows the different years that I worked on, and the, the, so I'll look at some things and I know the pen, and it's an old, it's old ink, and I'll think, man, was I stupid then. <laughs> so I kind of like it. It's like a diary. I do suggest buying like daily reflections and living sober and a 12 and 12. Um, Depending on the reader, I really like to do the 12 and 12 as we do the steps. It's just additional, but I just like to do that. Um, and Living Sober was a godsend to me in that first year. And, uh, 
and daily reflections as well. So those are the things I do require. You know, not that I'm looking over their shoulders making them, but I'll see them when they bring the stuff when we meet. So might as well do it. Um, and I also believe in getting right into the steps. I don't like dilly-dallying around. Just do it. Get into the steps. I had somebody once years ago, and she was complaining at a meeting and um, spinning, you know, like we do. And um, I didn't exactly grab her by her ear, but when the meeting was done, I said, we need to talk. And I said, we are going to start work this week. We're working on the steps. Because you're wasting time when you're doing that. And, and this is too important. This is a life or death matter. So I want to get right into them. The other thing is, too, it's easy to get complacent and get lazy. So I, I really like to just get into it. Um, again, somebody I'm working with, um, uh, was working with recently, just because of family events and illnesses and things, obviously we just couldn't get together every week. And that's okay. She's doing okay. But, you know, there are always exceptions. But I, I really do get antsy when people drag their feet on the steps. I tried it. <laughs> it didn't work with Kathy, so... <laughs> Um, I have always been reluctant and saddened uh, to end a sponsorship, but I have done it. Uh, rarely, but I have done it. And there are three reasons when I will say I think it's not working. Uh, I, I will never say I fire you. Ugh. Um, but I have approached my sponsees that when it hasn't worked, uh, for these reasons, when the re relationship endangered my own sobriety, if, if I'm really struggling with a person or a personality, and it's a threat to my sobriety, then I, I'm going to suggest we sever our ties. Remain friends, but just sever our, our sponsee sponsor ties. Uh, when a sponsee just won't work the steps, I mean, I, I don't see the point. It's a kind of a waste of time if you're not going to work the steps. Um, and when a sponsee continued to be dishonest about her sobriety um, and her life. So I have, I'll give you an example, I, in a way a long time, who cares when it was or where it was, but I had somebody that was out there using and, um, and I knew it. And I would challenge her and say, you know, are you using again? Yeah. And the next time I asked, she said, no, no. And I could tell she was. So if that happens enough, again, it's kind of a waste of time. What are we doing here? I'm wasting your time, and you're wasting my time. Not that I'm angry about it, and I don't mean to be judgmental. I mean, we all are alcoholics here, but get somebody else, for God's sake. Get somebody that's going to work better for you. Clearly, I'm not the one that's helping you. So that's usually what I will say, and I have never had anybody say, oh, please don't. I'll, I promise I'll do better. I mean, if they did, I'd say, fine. I mean, I'm a softie. But um, I've never had anybody say that. Usually they're just as relieved as I am. You know? They know. The jig is up. I've been lying to you, and you're, you're, my, you're my name on paper when I have to have a name on paper, but uh, I'm really not doing what you want me to do. Um, I hate to end with that. That's kind of negative. But I'll just say, <laughs> my life in sobriety is richer for having sponsored women. I've learned from each experience and my own sobriety is enhanced by having the opportunity to work with another woman. There is nothing so great as watching someone come out of a fog, clean up her life, begin to trust others, and smile and laugh at meetings. The laughter is what drew me at that first meeting, and when I see my sponsees smiling and laughing, I'm filled with joy. Thanks for letting me share.
Thank you, Marianne. So now we have time for questions. If you have a question for Marianne, go ahead and raise your hand, and I will bring you the microphone. Can't believe I'm asking a question. Usually I don't. But um, when you talk, oh, right? Weird. When you talk about whining, like say, say someone just died, and you're like, you know, upset. Like, are you saying you wouldn't let them vent? Or can you like give an example, please? That is, is not that's sure. an excellent question. No, absolutely. I just had a talk with one of my sponsees about this, and she said, um, we discussed it, and, I, and, and she said, but I'm venting. And I said, venting is good. I don't vent all you want. That's what I'm here for. You can go ahead and vent. But when it's the same, and I'm not talking about a death. Oh, my gosh, no. Um, or, or anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, you wouldn't believe what the people at work did today. And then it's like 20 minutes of complaining about it. Just, you know what I mean? We're here to talk about getting sober, not your... Not that I am trying to judge what's important and what's not. I just value our time to be working on sobriety. People were pretty harsh with me. I do a lot more listening than I sound like I do. So no, something like that, absolutely not. I would listen forever. I'm just talking about, I'll give you an example. <laughs> when I was like, I don't know, early in my sobriety, and I played in a bell choir, and somebody wanted to play my bells. <laughs> so I said, you know, being the, the, the passive aggressive, oh, okay, well then I'll play your bells. When I get up there and I just, I whined about that like ad nauseum. <laughs> I would bend your ear for half an hour. What? That's what I'm talking about. Because somebody played my bells and I said it was okay. And now I'm like, you know, that's what I mean. No, if it's, I've got a horrible family situation, I, I complained about Bob to people, I'll be honest. You know, when he would raise his glass to me and I'd come home and he was drunk, I get it. I look back at that and I think, I get it, I, I was a traitor. You know, I mean, I went and got better and I, I did not include him in that decision and I understand now where he was at. Um, and I'm sure when I whined about that, people listened. Because that, that really was an important part of my life that was disintegrating. Um, I guess you're, you're the only one that knows, is this, like you've, you've worn out 10 people before me on this, and <laughs> did that answer that? Because that's, okay. <laughs> Who else has a question? Thanks, Craig. Marine, uh, thank you. Uh, you have been of great service to the fellowship this week. You were brilliant, brilliant on Monday night, and you were brilliant tonight. Um, and you started to answer, kind of answer the question I wanted to ask you. Um, your, in your first relationship, your first husband, you mentioned initially what his reaction was, and then there was a, a healing in, that took place between the two of you, which is really cool. But something you said Monday about your second husband, when he saw that there was danger, you know, took a step out of love to confront you on that, um, which I think is amazing. That that to me was profound. Uh, what a what a great guy. And uh, would, has there been times though when you've 
sponsored people and said, and you can see that there's a real problem with the significant other. They're not supportive. They're not encouraging. If anything, it's just the opposite. And is there, have you ever given that tough counsel to say, maybe you need to rethink that relationship? Yes, I have. Um, part of me believes the saying, um, unasked for advice is really criticism in disguise. And, and I do think that. So I, I'm very careful when I step beyond that. If somebody hasn't specifically asked me, I'm really careful. Um, one of my sponsees years ago came in and had the same situation. I gave her the same advice I got and it worked very well for me. Had I been real emotional about Bob, overlooking the big picture, I might have left him. I might have done a number of things. And, and look what happened because I didn't do that. So I'm grateful for the people when I said to them, I love him but I hate him, because I did that a lot. I love him but I can't leave him and I want to leave him and blah. And it wasn't senseless whining. It was a real, it was a serious situation. The advice I consistently got from the guys and my sponsor was, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep going to meetings, one foot in front of the other, stay sober, you're not in a dangerous situation. I would never counsel somebody to stay in a dangerous, but that you're not in danger. You know, you're hurt, but you're not in danger. And if after a year you still feel this way, then you probably need to see a professional, you know, maybe get a divorce, whatever. So I've had people that have been in that situation, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking it happens more often than we know, where that first year's rocky um, for whatever reason. And I have said the same thing. If you can, if you're not in danger, if it's just, you know, that you can't stand each other, but you're not in danger, um, give it a year. Make a decision about something, because that's important, a divorce. I mean, that is an important decision. And I, I don't know about the rest of you, but I was pretty squirrely in the first year. I wasn't capable of making really good decisions. I, I listened to what you told me to do, and I listened to my sponsor, and I was told don't do anything that important in the first year. Just go to meetings, stay sober, work your steps. And that's, that's what I did, and so that, that's pretty much what I tell people I sponsor. And, and actually, one of them did get a divorce. It was almost like, ah, 12 months, okay. <laughs> I listened to you and I'm out of here. Good, good, because you have more brain power now than you did when we first started. Hi, Mary, and I'm Bridget. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Bridget. And, uh, you know, ditto what Pat said. You were fabulous on, on Monday, and here you are again up at the microphone. Uh, first of all, you're very articulate and uh, clear about y y the way that you sponsor and um, your experience, which it's easy for me to understand, and I appreciate that. Uh, you touched on uh, a sp sponsees that uh, they just can't seem to get to go to meetings because blah, 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 blah. What has, do you, I mean, I, I've had that experience, and um, actually the, the one sponsee I'm thinking about um, 
said, well, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to get another sponsor because I, I need, quote unquote, need her in my life. And I thought, okay, you know, fine. Now, I don't know if this, this person's going to meetings because I still don't see her. But, so I'm wondering, what, what, you know, do you lay down the law? It sounds to me like you do, but what, you know, what do you, what do you say to people that you're sponsoring that, that they just can't seem, they have a litany of excuses about online, in person, you name it. I don't know, maybe I've been lucky, although I have had a couple people that I that asked me to sponsor them and when I discussed the rules not rules, I hate to use that, but what you know, you expect. this is what I expect yeah. from you, this is what you should expect from me, right. like I said, keeping my mouth shut, not talking about you, blah blah. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I expect is to go to meetings. That's pretty much right out the gate. Mm -hmm. And I, I say it nicely, mm -hmm. and I have had people say, I, I, I can't go to this meeting, I can't go to... Mm -hmm. Then what I say is, m I can only share my experience. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't go to meetings. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have the fellowship, it's a fellowship. I couldn't mm -hmm. Zoom it to 100%, I couldn't read the book and get it. Mm -hmm. I had to be around other alcoholics, and I don't know how to sponsor you if you don't want to be part of the fellowship. You know, I have a lot of sober friends. I have friends that just simply quit drinking. Um, how they did it is beyond me. They're sober. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to question it. Mm -hmm. But that couldn't. That wasn't my way. And if you're asking me to sponsor you, I can only share what I did. And what I did is I went to a lot of meetings. Right. Okay. So well, thank you. that let me off the hook. Okay. That was the first question. The second one is about if you 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 said that when you work with somebody and they're doing their fourth step. You do it by the book, so you do, do you do, you said you do not do columns. Do you just write? I do the columns in the book. Okay, the columns that are in the book. In the book. The and do columns. you get to character defects or you whatever? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so you do yeah. do that. Yeah. Do you uh, have any um, advice that you give your sponsees regarding doing any diary kind of thing? I don't, I don't do that, and I'm not that kind of person, but, you know, I've been suggested many times, and I'm wondering, do you suggest that every day that they write things about the you know, day. this is a do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> they don't know that I don't. I don't diary either. Yeah. I used to. Though. Yeah. When I first came in, okay. um, I did diary. Uh -huh. Scraps of paper, little notebooks. What They were not formal diaries, but I did uh -huh. do it. Okay. Um, and it really helped me uh -huh. at that time. Uh -huh. I'm just not a, a journalist. Yeah. Um, so I do encourage people to do that, and I can't think of anybody that hasn't done it. Mm. I mean, they come with their notebook and their pens. Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm talking about onward, like always. Onward? Yeah. Whatever works. Whatever works, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Mary. Sure. Hello, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Marianne. Uh, you mentioned uh, a book that you use for your sponsors. and I honestly don't hear it talked about that often, but the first year for me, it was very helpful and that's living sober because it just had like so black and white and like practical solutions like what to do before this and that how do you incorporate could you go into that a little bit like how you incorporate that a little bit with your sponsors do you just read it or I used to just bring it and I would read examples and talk about it because it always comes up anyway. I have a party or a Christmas or something. It always comes up and that's why I always tell them. This is like, this was a really a big help to me. Um, and then several years ago, I don't know what possessed me to do it, but I, I gave mine to somebody. I, I kind of forgot that I had written in it 
I mean, a lot. <laughs> and I gave it to her, and I, I really couldn't ask for it back. But, you know, when I gave it to her and she flipped it open and I saw all my, all my scribblings in it, I thought, well, whatever. So I try, not, I try to be careful about what I give to people, but I have given a lot of stuff away in them. Um, but I just wanted her to have it. Like that moment, for whatever reason, I just thought, you need, you need this book. So, yeah, I really, it's a good one. Who else had their hand up? Yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Marion. Um, I'm Erin. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Erin. Thank you um, for your double duty this week. Um, I had a question if you've ever um, worked with a sponsee that really had a difficult time um, finding her higher power and mm. how you worked through that. That, that's a good question. Um, yes, I have. Um, again, you know, it's just my experience. I, it was so profound to me the day I was driving to work and I pulled over and did my foxhole prayer because that's what it was. I prayed. It's probably the first time ever in my life I've sincerely prayed and, and begged and meant it. I, um, so... For me, that was kind of profound because I didn't have a drink after that. That day, I came home. I didn't say it in my lead, but I came home and I didn't drink. How weird is that for a daily drinker that couldn't wait to make a drink when I got home? I actually went to bed sober, and I remember the next day thinking, it still, it wasn't the connection. I prayed and, whew, you know, but then I didn't drink that next day, and I went to a meeting, and the next day, and the next day. So for me, I, I that kind of cemented that and so I share that with people um, I know that there are atheist groups groups that don't have higher power I, I guess there are AA groups I don't know how they do it if, if they're staying sober I don't, I don't know but they are uh, I just heard about this a couple years ago and I thought really um, it wouldn't work for me so but I that that's a situation I'm not real pushy about um, I, I used to kneel and do the third step prayer. I don't necessarily demand that people kneel anymore because I'm, I, you know, I realize that people are kind of touchy about things, but I, I do ask that we pray. Whatever the higher power is for you, whether it's the group, whether there is no higher power, I don't know how you could get to that point and not, because that is the third step prayer. So, um, I just try to make it really clear for me, this isn't a religion. It's a higher power. You know, I choose God as my higher power, but you know, you might have something completely different and that's okay. Just don't make it a doorknob or, you know, make it something like a pencil or something. Make it something really great. Um, but I don't have a problem with that. But I've been lucky, I guess. I've not run into it where somebody said, I absolutely don't think there is one. I've not run into that. Knock on wood. Thank you, Marianne. Jeff, alcoholic. Hi, Jeff. Uh, do you have any suggestions to the, the sponsor who has a uh, sponsee who's dragging their feet on step four and five, what you do to try to get them to uh, get going? Is this like you have a sponsee that's dragging? Yeah. yeah. Say, so, yeah, I'm a sponsor. I, and I pretty much everybody does. I mean, I think. I don't know. I don't know why. And actually, the person I'm sponsoring right now, I said, just do it. It's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> well, I think it is kind of fun. You get to write down all these 
things that you're aggravated about. All your, all your, you know. Um, that's how I. That's how I sell it. Um, I just tell people it's fun. Just do it. Come on, let's do it. I, just, I feel like I'm at a pep rally. Um, because if I get all dour and, oh, this is such a hard step. You know how people do that at meetings? Oh, the fourth step. And I think, oh, stop saying that. You know, because it's important to get in and do it. I, I'm not, I get really antsy, I, as you can tell. I, so that's my answer. Come on, let's do it. I'll help you. Let's do one. Pick somebody that just has aggravated you and you have a re big resentment about because that's what it's all about. How can it be so hard to write those resentments? And I tell them, I only want you writing the resentments. I don't want to know why. I just want you writing the resentment. Who are you resentful about or what? You know, that shouldn't be that hard. And once you get going on that, you put pencil to paper. I don't let them drag. I can be pretty naggy. <laughs> Who else has a question? Anyone? Oh, Jack? Jack has a question? Oh. <laughs> well, if there are no more. Oh, we do have a question. <laughs> Hi, Marianne, Justin, alcoholic. Hi, Justin. Um, I'm in my first year, and I caught the Daily Living, but I just want to know the other two books that you recommend because I'm a big reader, and um, also I do a lot of self-learning, and I, I mean, I'm good at that, so okay. that's what I'm comfortable doing. Um, so I just want to know other things in addition to the big books. I already pretty much finished that in a month, and... Just looking for other stuff to read as well. Before I answer that, I just want to say one more time. <laughs> this is my disclaimer. I don't think I'm a great sponsor. I just, I just give me. That's all I can give. Instead of trying to, you know, I just give me. And that's what you get. And I, I don't ever think I'm really all that great at it. I just shared what I know. Um, I, obviously the big book, the 12 and 12. Living Sober daily reflections. I think those are important to start with. Thank you. Last chance. <laughs> oh, Zoom? Somebody on Zoom have a question? Hi, Marion. Hi, Carolyn. Hi. Um, oh, great. Great, uh, great talk. Thank you. Um, you do sponsor people that have already done steps in, and what do you do? Go back through them or kind of touch base or what? You mean like somebody that's been in and now they're changing sponsors and they come to me? That kind of thing? Yeah. They've already. Or new in town or. Oh. With, with maybe a few years or but just is. I have a couple people that I'm sponsoring that um, had other sponsors, and so I'm not their first. They've done the steps. Um, I have made myself available. Um, actually, I would like to do that, but because they're, if, if it's somebody that has some sobriety under their belt, they just need a new sponsor, I get to know them and we talk. I, that has to be, you know, but a lot of the things that I talked about don't really apply to them because they've already, they already have done all of that. Um, I encourage them to, to work the steps again, if not with me, with somebody else, or join a group. 
I've, I've done the steps a number of times and only once with my original sponsor. Well, my, both my original sponsors. Uh, but I've done the steps with other people. So I do encourage people to do that. Does, I don't know if that answers it, but I don't demand that they do because I think that's different. Thank you, Marianne. 